Hi, I'm John Butter, Senior Earnings Analyst at FactSet, and welcome to this week's edition of the FactSet Earnings Insight Podcast. The FactSet Earnings Insight Podcast is based on content published in the FactSet Earnings Insight Report, which provides commentary and analysis on corporate earnings for S&P 500 companies and is available each week on the FactSet website at www.factset.com. We'll start this week's podcast with the preview of the third quarter earnings season for the S&P 500 and then discuss our topic of the week, which is earnings guidance from S&P 500 companies. Looking ahead to the third quarter earnings season for the S&P 500, analysts and companies have been more optimistic than normal in their estimate revisions and earnings outlooks for the quarter to date. As a result, expected earnings for the S&P 500 for the third quarter are higher today compared to the start of the quarter. Despite this increase, the index is still expected to report the second largest year-over-year decline in earnings over the past 10 years. Earnings growth is projected to return in 2021. In terms of estimate revisions, analysts have increased earnings estimates in aggregate for the S&P 500 for the third quarter to date. We typically look at the change in the bottom-up EPS estimate for the index to measure EPS estimate revisions by analysts. For those of you that are not familiar with the bottom-up EPS estimate, it is an aggregation of the earnings per share estimates for all 500 companies in the index into a single earnings per share estimate for the entire index. The bottom-up EPS estimate for the third quarter has increased by 3.7% since June 30th. Now, this is unusual because in a typical quarter, analysts lower earnings estimates. Over the past five years, the bottom-up EPS estimate has fallen by 5% on average during the quarter. Over the past 10 years, the bottom-up EPS estimate has also fallen by 5% on average during the quarter. And over the past 15 years, the bottom-up EPS estimate has fallen by 5.2% on average during the quarter. In fact, this quarter marks just the third time in the past 10 years in which the bottom-up EPS estimate has increased during the quarter. In terms of guidance, more S&P 500 companies have issued positive EPS guidance for the third quarter than average. However, we'll discuss this trend in more detail when we cover the topic of the week in the second half of the podcast. Because of the net upward revisions to earnings estimates and positive guidance from companies, the estimated year-over-year earnings decline for the third quarter is smaller today than it was at the start of the quarter. As of today, earnings for the S&P 500 are projected to decline on a year-over-year basis by 21.2%, compared to an estimated year-over-year decline in earnings of 25.3% back on June 30th. If 21.2% is the actual decline for the quarter, it will mark the second largest year-over-year decline in earnings reported by the index since the second quarter of 2009, trailing only the previous quarter. All 11 sectors are projected to report a year-over-year decline in earnings, led by the energy, industrials, and consumer discretionary sectors. Looking at future quarters, analysts predict a year-over-year decline in earnings of 12.7% in the fourth quarter. However, they project a return to earnings growth of 12.8% in the first quarter of 2021. The forward 12-month P.E. ratio for the index is 20.9%, and this P.E. ratio is above both the 5-year average and the 10-year average. During the upcoming week, 8 S&P 500 companies are scheduled to report results for the third quarter. Now let's move on to our topic of the week, which is guidance from S&P 500 companies. 
Now, back in the second quarter, 53 S&P 500 companies issued quarterly earnings guidance, which was the lowest number of S&P 500 companies issuing EPS guidance for a quarter since FactSet began tracking this metric in 2006. Looking at the third quarter, are fewer S&P 500 companies issuing guidance for this quarter as well? The answer is yes. To date, 67 S&P 500 companies have issued EPS guidance for the third quarter, and this number is 36% below the five-year average of 104. If 67 is the final number for the quarter, it will mark the second lowest number of S&P 500 companies issuing EPS guidance for a quarter over the past 10 years, trailing only the record low number of 53 in the previous quarter. Now, the main reason for the low number of S&P 500 companies issuing EPS guidance for the third quarter is the substantial decrease in the number of S&P 500 companies issuing negative guidance for the quarter. When looking at corporate guidance, we typically compare the estimate provided by the company to the mean EPS estimate of analysts at the time of the company guidance. If the company guidance is above the mean estimate of analysts, we classify the guidance as positive. If the company guidance is below the mean estimate of the analyst, we classify the guidance as negative. So of the 67 companies that have issued EPS guidance for the third quarter, only 22 have issued negative EPS guidance. This number is 69% below the five-year average of 71. In fact, if 22 is the final number for the quarter, it will mark the lowest number of S&P 500 companies issuing negative EPS guidance for a quarter since FactSet began tracking this metric in 2006. The current record is 28, which occurred in the previous quarter. At the sector level, 8 of the 11 sectors have seen fewer companies issue negative EPS guidance for the third quarter relative to their five-year averages, led by the consumer discretionary and healthcare sectors. Now, over 100 S&P 500 companies have either withdrawn or not provided annual EPS guidance for 2020 or 2021 to date. Most of these companies cited uncertainty around the impact of COVID-19 as the reason for not providing annual guidance. Thus, it appears this uncertainty is also causing many S&P 500 companies to not provide short-term earnings guidance as well at this point in time. However, it is interesting to note that the total number of S&P 500 companies issuing EPS guidance for the third quarter would be even lower if not for the unusually high number of S&P 500 companies issuing positive guidance for the quarter. Of the 67 companies that have issued EPS guidance for Q3, 45 have issued positive EPS guidance. This number is 36% above the five-year average of 33. In fact, if 45 is the final number for the quarter, it will mark a tie with the second quarter of 2010 and the second quarter of 2018 for the second highest number of S&P 500 companies issuing positive EPS guidance for a quarter since FactSet began tracking this metric in 2006. The current record is 51, which occurred in the first quarter of 2018. At the sector level, five of the 11 sectors have seen more companies issue positive EPS guidance for the third quarter relative to their five-year averages, led by the information technology sector. This concludes this week's podcast, Thank you for listening. For more information on the topics discussed today and other market-moving trends, please visit the FactSet website at www.factset.com and check out our FactSet Insight blog, Street Account Podcasts, and the full Earnings Insight Report. And of course, stay tuned for next week's edition of the FactSet Earnings Insight Podcast. Music.